Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzovino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we approach Your Word, we do so reverently and with humility within our hearts, inviting the Holy Spirit of God to enlighten us, instruct us, to teach us, to lead us, and to guide us, and to enlarge our capacity this morning to receive revelation knowledge of all things that pertain to life and godliness, to give us ears to hear, a heart to receive, and minds that are open to Your Holy Word this day. And Father God, I thank You for utterance in the Holy Ghost and making my tongue as the pen of a ready writer that I may boldly and accurately proclaim this truth that will make us free. We covenant with you to give all the glory and honor and praise for everything that's accomplished and achieved in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise God. Proverbs in 4, 18. I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Bible. It says, But the path of the uncompromisingly just and righteous is like the light of dawn that shines more and more brighter and clearer until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect to be prepared day. In the King James, it just says that the path of the, our path is really brighter and brighter, more and more into the perfect day. I want to talk to us this morning about moving into a new realm in God or with God. And I'd like to begin by saying no matter where you are at in God right now, you can enter in to another realm if you so desire. We do not have to stay where we are at. Our lives, as the Scripture says, in God should become brighter and brighter, clearer and clearer, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. We should learn more about God our Heavenly Father, Jesus the Son, the Spirit of God, and what God's plan and purpose is for our lives. And if that's not happening, beloved, then something is wrong with our spiritual condition. We should always be going forward in Jesus. We are following Him. And the path of our life should become brighter and brighter more and more into the perfect day. As far as I'm concerned, I don't want to stay where I'm at. No matter what I have achieved in God, no matter what miracles have taken place, no matter what has happened in my life, I do not want to stay where I'm at in God. Do you want to stay where you're at in God? I believe we should all want to grow in God and go further in the things of God and experience a new realm in God from day to day, from glory to glory. As a matter of fact, I believe it's like this. God wants us to enter into a realm in which we know Him better a realm in which we become more intimately acquainted with Him, a realm in which we have a fresh illumination of who Jesus Himself is. See, we know who He is to a degree. But do we really know who He is as it has been revealed to us in all of the names given Him? Do we really know Him as Emmanuel, God who is with us? And what it really means to have God with us? Do we know Him as the Son of Righteousness who has arisen with healing in His wings? And what it means to have Jesus as our healer? Do we know what it means 
When the Scripture says He is our Alpha and Omega, our beginning and end, the first and the last, and everything in between, do we know that that name that's above every name that belongs to us in its full meaning and power, we can have a fresh illumination of who Jesus really is in our lives. And beloved, I believe that as we do, we'll have a greater manifestation of who He is through our lives. You believe that? It's without question and doubt. Also, I believe He wants us to enter into a realm in which we know the Spirit of God and His working in our lives in a better way. He's been dealing with us recently throughout this entire year here about entering into a realm in which we know the Spirit of God better. We become more acquainted with His ministry in our lives, how He manifests Himself, how He quickens the Word in our lives, how He equips us and anoints us to do what He would have us to do to glorify Jesus on this earth. We have emphasized the outpouring of His Spirit in these last days As God said in His Word, I will pour out My Spirit in those days, saith the Lord. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and young men shall have visions. I will pour out My Spirit upon My handmaidens and servants, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and and signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, vapor of smoke, the sun being turned into darkness and the, and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord comes. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He is saying the Spirit of God is going to manifest Himself in a powerful and a glorious way in our lives on this earth. He wants us to cooperate with Him in such a manner that people around us will begin to see signs and wonders and miraculous manifestations of God in and through our lives, and they too will want to call upon the name of the Lord. That reminds me, I've been sharing with you about this Indonesian revival. And it reminds me how God used the young people also in the great outpouring of His Spirit in those days. These young ones, ages 6 through 10, made up some teams that they took out into the missionary fields. They went to school all week long, including Saturday, up until noontime. But unlike most children, what these particular children did was after school in the evenings, they would gather themselves together, join hands, and they would pray in the evening. They would pray that God would touch the people of their communities and that God would reach out not only around their nation, but also throughout the entire world. And they join hands. They weep before God. Think about it. Six to ten. They weep before God. And He began to manifest Himself among them. And there were gifts and manifestations of the Holy Ghost that were manifesting as they prayed. And then on Saturday, what they would do after school, instead of just, just going about playing and all that, God would send them into the jungles and they would go on trips five to fifteen miles away from home and they would tell all the other little kids about Jesus. Can you imagine that? You want to hear about a new realm in God? And when some people ask them, aren't you afraid to go out there in the jungles like you do on these journeys? And they said, no, why should we be afraid? For we have one angel in front of us, one angel behind us, and one angel on the right and one angel on the left. And we see them as we go and they tell us exactly which path to take. And they would walk through the jungles with these angels all around them. They saw them visibly. 
And he would tell, they would tell them exactly where to go, what path to take and protect them from anything that would harm them. Does God want to get the gospel out? God wants to get the gospel out, doesn't he? Well, on this one day as they journeyed, the angel stopped. You know how children are? You know how children are. They were walking and they saw a fruit tree. And when they saw the fruit tree, of course, children, they want to get their hands on it and begin to have a good time. But the angel turned around and said, don't climb the trees now. You'll have your fruit when you get into the village. So don't climb the trees and get the fruit now. Well, you know how children are. They listened for a while, but soon enough, they stripped off their clothes and started climbing the trees. Climbed the trees, got the fruit. Began to eat and have a picnic, you know, a good old time. But when they got back down to the ground, they looked around and noticed they had no clothes. Clothes were all gone. And they began to wonder and ponder in their minds. And then they realized they disobeyed God. And they looked up and saw their clothes up 75 feet up in the air on the top of a big old tree. And they said, Lord, what are we going to do now? And the Lord spoke to their hearts and said, My angel told you. See, he spoke to the angel not to stop to climb the trees and get the fruit. Now you'll have the fruit when you get into the village. But you disobeyed. God was teaching them obedience. He said, But if you'll repent, get on your knees and repent for disobeying me, then I'll make a way for you to get up there and get your tree, your, your, your clothes out of the tree. And they said, okay, Lord, we disobeyed you. We're sorry. Got on their knees, repented before God. He said, now I want to designate one individual to climb the tree and get the clothes. And they said, Lord, it's 75 feet up. It's huge. We can't climb a tree like this. We can't get our arms around it. He said, just listen. I'll make his hands and feet to stick to the tree, to the bark of the tree like a lizard. And so the one fellow did. And as he began to climb the tree, he stuck to the tree just like a lizard. The original Spider-Man. <laughs> climbed all the way up that tree, got the clothes, brought it back down. Everybody was taken care of. And then they went into the village and told the, they told them all what happened. And a multitude came to Jesus. As a result of that miraculous manifestation. But the whole point was, beloved, God has reasons for speaking to our hearts by His Spirit or through angels. And the thing He wants to teach us, even from a youth, is to learn to be obedient to His voice. Whatever He tells us to do, we are to do it and not question it in our minds. You know, very often we're faced with all kinds of difficulties in life. And very often, we're asked, why do these things happen to us in life? Why do Christians go through all kinds of difficult situations and problems in life? Well, beloved, I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm firmly convinced that if we would tune into the Spirit of God as we should, we could avert a lot of the difficulties that we face in life. I really believe that if we would keep a listening ear... Listen to the voice of God. Follow the advice of possibly even angels. Do what God tells us to do all the time. 
then a lot of problems in life we would avoid. But, beloved, we have to admit that this is true. We're often too caught up in all kinds of different things that distract us and prevent us from hearing the voice of God. Can you say amen or oh my? For an illustration, Brother John G. Lank, driving up a mountainside. As he's driving up there, he hears a voice. No, it wasn't Sally Patty's. It wasn't Amy Grant's. Are you listening? See, too often we've got so many modern conveniences, we tune everything in except God. Got this blaring, got that playing and all this stuff, and we wonder why we haven't heard the voice of God. He's driving up that road, and the voice of the Lord came out of him saying, pull over to the left as far as you can. He knew that voice, and so he said, even though he reasoned in his mind saying, to the left, that's wrong, Lord, I should be on the left side. He said, pull over to the left as far as you can. He swerves his car over to the left as far as he possibly can, over to the side of the road, when all of a sudden, there comes a truck down the mountainside, jackknifes, goes over to his side of the road, and if he was there, would have knocked him off a hundred foot drop. Now, if you back up and you think this through, here's what you conclude. Had he been listening to all kinds of other things and distracting himself from the voice of God, we probably would have read about him in the newspaper. A tragedy happened to a servant of the Most High God, right? But you see, since he was more used to being in tune with God and listening, he moved over to the wrong side of the road and got a miracle. Too often we want to keep it all supernatural and fail to realize that a part of it is practical. You see the disadvantage we have in this country with all our modern conveniences? You can't walk into a store. You can't walk anywhere in any place without having all kinds of music blaring and you hear all these things. Distractions, distractions, distractions. We're not used to listening to God like we should be. But you get out there in the bush, you don't have a record player, you don't have a radio, don't have all these things, and you hike, you walk, whatever mode of transportation you use, you're not equipped with all this, and what are you going to do? You're going to listen. Listen to what God would have to say to you. If we were more in tune with the Spirit of God, then, beloved, I believe we hear a lot of things that God has been trying to speak to our hearts and minds to tell us to do and not to do so as to avoid a lot of problems that we face in life. There was another individual who was doing the work of the Lord in a tropical uh, land, and he became sick, sickly because of his conditions there, I guess. And so he sought the Lord, and as he sought the Lord, the Lord spoke to his heart and said, what I want you to do is add salt to your diet. Now, see, too often we want it all to be spiritual. We sought the Lord, so it should be something happens instantaneously where there's a lightning bolt out of heaven or somebody lays hands on me or some miraculous event occurs and then he's healed. But no, God said there's a practical reason why you feel the way you feel. Add salt to your diet. And when he did, he was made well. See, the problem was he lacked because of, you know, sweating a lot and putting out a lot, he needed salt added to his diet to regain his strength. 
So it's important, beloved, for us to understand there's a lot of things that we could do to avoid a lot of problems in life if we'll only listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to us. And I'm emphasizing this because the Spirit of God is speaking to our hearts right now just as sure as the angel spoke to those children, saying, I want to lift you to a new realm in God. For us to get lifted to that place, we're going to have to make some sacrifices. And one sacrifice may be, this is only an example now, this is not from the Spirit of God. We may have to turn off that car radio. And instead of entertaining ourselves, I mean, it may be Christian music and everything else, and that's wonderful. I'm not opposed to Christian music. But if I had a choice between putting on that radio or putting in that cassette and listening to Sandy Patty or Amy Grant or anybody else, I'd rather hear the voice of God and say, Father, I'm turning this thing off and I'm driving down the highway and I want to tune in to the station of heaven. I want to hear your voice. Can you see that? See, too often we just want to be entertained in life. But he's saying, no, cooperate with me. Cooperate with me. Keep a listening ear. Just like Samuel. He heard a voice. Whose is it? He didn't know. But God kept speaking. God kept speaking. Then finally he found out it was God. And God gave him direction for his life. Can you see that? If that's your quiet time, you know, sometimes there's so much going on in the home that you don't get a quiet time till you jump in the car. Don't do it to yourself. Keep that thing off, praise God. And say, Father, this is my quiet time. This is my prayer closet time. I'm looking to you, hallelujah. Speak to my heart. Speak to my mind. Show me your way. Whatever you have me to do, make the path of my life brighter today and brighter today, more and more into the perfect day. Lift me up to that new realm. Tell me how I can cooperate with you. We've got to hear the voice of God for ourselves, for our individual lives. We've got to know what God is saying to our hearts, beloved. Amen? He wants to lift us up to a place where we're better acquainted with the Holy Ghost and His ministry and how He works in us and how He works through us. And you know, before I go any further with that testimony about young children... I need to say it because I believe God is speaking to my heart strongly about our young people of today. Young people. God can use our young people. God will use our young people if they will make sacrifices. If they will come in alignment with His Word in the home and begin to listen to the godly counsel and instruction of the parent. If they will give themselves in this manner unto God, He will begin a work in their lives that will lift them up to a higher realm in God. God wants our young people lifted up to a higher realm. He wants them to know that they can be used of God. And what they are facing in the world today is only going to be overcome by the power of God in their lives. So if your young person's not in this service right now, you tell them that God is speaking to their hearts. You tell them there has to be, in cooperation with God, an attitude change inside them. And that doesn't necessarily mean anything bad about them. What it means is, just like all of us, we've got to make some adjustments. 
We've got to start saying now, I want more of God. I'm going to turn off the radio. I'm going to turn off the television. I'm going to shut myself in with God. I'm going to get alone with God. I'm going to give Him an opportunity to speak to my heart and to my mind. I'm going to dare step out of my comfort zone so I can know more about God. And I want to get to that in a minute. Also, He wants us to have the Word to become more of a reality to us. We talk about a higher realm in God. Thank God for the Word. But you know what, beloved? God wants the Word to be a reality. You know, you heard me say that when Brother Maltari came over here to the United States of America, he was absolutely devastated by what he saw. How people treated the Word in this country boggled his mind. Over there, they said, we take what Jesus said to heart. We believe it and we act upon it. I come over here and all they do is study it and analyze it. And that's it. We've got all the books. We've got all the research centers. We've got all the theological schools and all that. And yet, we get ourselves to a place where, yes, we have it all, and it's all here. It's all here. You try to tell a soul who's like that, that they should be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. And it's like you came off Mars. You try to say that they walked on water out there. You're a lunatic. You start speaking things like they spoke to animals and animals obeyed them because Jesus said in Mark 16, they shall take up serpents. Well, this is America. Yeah, I realize that. That's our problem. We have an American gospel. But you see, in the bush, in the jungle, they're not going to find some theologian to let them know whether or not Mark 16, 18 meant take up serpents, means speak and use your dominion over animals. They said, we're, we're not smart enough to try to figure that out. We just did what he said. And when they came across the poisonous snake... They spoke to it and said, stop right there while we pass by in Jesus' name. And the snake stopped, waited until they passed by, and then it went. They spoke to crocodiles and said, when they were almost killed by crocodiles, they spoke to them and said, leave in Jesus' name. And they turned around and they left in Jesus' name. And can you imagine speaking to a lion? You know what a lion will do to you out in the jungle if it's hungry enough? But they can speak to them and say, stop. William Branham did that with a bull charging him. Said, I didn't mean to intrude into your territory in the name of Jesus. I love you. God loves you. The thing stopped and turned around and walked away. Can you imagine him standing there? He's no match for that bull, that charging bull. You speak that in this country and it's like, we're, come on now. All we want to do is study it. Beloved, what about live it? You see, the problem is our environment is not conducive to faith. We've got so many bridges that man has built. We've reduced the Word of God to nothing more than knowledge and not a reality. But are you ready? God is saying, I'm going to lift you to a higher realm with me. And that Word is going to be more real to you than ever before. Alive, a living thing. We're going to know Jesus as healer, Savior, Redeemer, Lord, Deliverer. We're going to know the Holy Ghost to lead us and guide us. We're going to know angels are involved in our affairs in a real way. You talk about angels that are seen and, and you know, people think you fell off another planet or something. But I can understand that. We see them in people's lives throughout all the Word of God, all the Bible. 
But you see, we have reduced that to this mentality. That's not for today. Beloved, everything is for today. The God of heaven is still for today. And He's not changed. Amen? God wants us also to more fully enter into His plan for our lives. His purpose for our lives. And if we will give ourselves over to Him and to what He is saying by His Spirit to us today, we will more fully enter into His plan and purpose for our lives. But, beloved, it's going to take cooperation with Him. Turn with me to Psalm 138. As we move toward Him, the path of our life will become brighter and brighter, more and more into the perfect day. But we have got to make that conscious effort to move toward Him. There's not going to be any change from glory to glory. There's not going to be any brighter path until we say, I don't want to remain where I'm at. I want to step out and move toward you. And beloved, as we do... God will purge us. There is no doubt that God will purge us. Young and old alike, God will purge us. And God will perfect that which concerns us. Psalm 138, verse 8. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Say with me, you will perfect that which concerns my life. See, He wants us to step out in faith into this higher realm. Make a conscious effort to say, I'm stepping out, Father, into a higher realm. I'm going to let go of my comfort zone. I'm going to move out of that place into a higher realm with you. But when you step out, know there'll be a purging. To purge means to clear by evacuation. To purify. As a result of that purifying and clearing of anything that would hold us back, He perfects what concerns us. To perfect means to improve us. Thank God we're improving every day. Are you improving every day? As a believer, we should be. God will perfect us. God will improve us as we step out. The pastor can't improve us. The evangelist can't improve us. No one can improve us except God Himself. Only He can perfect us. And what He did to those children was purged and perfected their walk. Can you see that? He just showed them, look, you've got to obey My voice. If you want the supernatural, if you want the miraculous, then you've got to obey My voice. It may have been a small thing. Don't eat the fruit of the tree. But beloved... Eve probably thought it was small too, but it wasn't, was it? It was a big thing. Turn with me, if you would, please, to the book of Matthew, chapter 17. And I want you to see what a comfort zone is. Very often, what happens to us, beloved, is we get to a place in God where we're satisfied, where we're complacent. Maybe we're happy where we're at. But still consciously we are aware of the fact that we can have more of God if we want to. We know there's more of God to be had. We know that miracles should be the norm in our lives. We know that we should be more dependent upon God to meet all of our needs. We know we should have a stronger faith in the living God. We know we should have stronger faith in the miraculous power of God. 
As a matter of fact, didn't the Apostle Paul say, I didn't come preaching and teaching with enticing words of men's wisdom. I didn't come to impress you with my vocabulary and with my knowledge. He said, but I came preaching Christ crucified, didn't he? That your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the living God. God wants us to have faith in His power. His miracle-working ability. In other words, the ability it takes to make that word a reality in our lives. Abraham believed God. But he believed that what God said, he was able to what? Perform. He believed for a performance of the things that God said. God wants us to get high on performance. He wants us to take the challenge. He wants us to reach out beyond our comfort zone and say, Here I am, Lord, quicken me. I believe you can change me. I believe you can purge me. I believe I can have more of the supernatural operating in my life. In Matthew 17, verse 1, I'm reading to you from the Amplified. And six days after this, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John his brother and led them up upon a high mountain by themselves. And his appearance underwent a change in their presence, and his face shone clear and bright like the sun, and his clothing became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, who kept talking with him. Then Peter began to speak and said to Jesus, Good and delightful that we are here. If you approve, I will put up three booths here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, lo, a shining cloud come composed of light, overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, my beloved son, with whom I am, I am and have always been delighted. Listen to him. Peter, just like any of us, was satisfied to be where they were. He wanted to pitch some tents or set up booths and say, Let's stay here. What a utopia. What a glorious place. I like it here. He entered into a place where he experienced a certain level of intimacy with God. And he delighted himself in that. And so he wanted to pitch a tent. What is a comfort zone? It's a place where we feel safe and secure in God. We've arrived at a certain place and we are satisfied. We've experienced certain things and we are content. And that's where we like it. That's where we want to be. That's where we want to remain. As a matter of fact, we want to say to the Lord, Lord, why can't it just be like this every day of our lives? You know, sometimes He has to back off just to get us to go forward. Because if He keeps it that way, we're never going to be challenged to go further in God. But there'll be times when we'll experience His presence lifted Just to let us know there's a whole lot more to be had. Now, if you want to have that power, if you want to have that presence, then you're going to have to know that you have got to cooperate with me. And you see, in that place, we're made consciously aware of the fact that we can't stay here. I've got to break loose from my comfort zone. What is a comfort zone? It's a place that we have established In our lives, where we are secure and safe in God. 
But you know, beloved, there'll be times he'll speak to our hearts and he'll say, I want you to do this. And when he does, he challenges our faith. And he challenges us to break loose from our comfort zone. Get out of that place and rise to a higher level in me. For example, you've been used to being fed the Word of God three times a week. And you are just satisfied in coming and receiving the teaching of the Word of God and you're blessed. All of a sudden, God speaks to your heart and says, I want you now to volunteer yourself to be a teacher to the youth. And all of a sudden, you're sitting back there and you begin to sweat. Because you know to do so means you're going to have to leave your comfort zone. But Lord, I depend on being here three times a week. You know I can't give up a Wednesday night service to teach you. You know I cannot get from Monday to Sunday without Wednesday night service. Right? I've got to get there. I've got to get fed. But no, God has singled you out. And God has said, you give of yourself. Here's what we fail to realize. What he has in mind is this. When he gets a hold of you and makes you a teacher to the youth, you're going to get so blessed beyond measure by the study he's going to have you do to teach them. You're going to get more out of your studies You're going to get blessed so beyond measure. You're going to be so prepared. He's going to lift you up to a higher place in Him. Can you see that? See, too often times we are afraid to step out of our comfort zone to do something because we think we're going to get hurt by it. But that's not true. No matter what it is that God tells us to do. You play the drums out there? Are you comfortable? I'm praying that God speaks to your heart. Don't laugh, praisers, singers, and bass players, and trumpets, trumpet players, and everybody else. God wants to lift some people up. But we've got to cooperate with Him. We've got to get out of our comfort zone and say, I'm ready to go on, Lord. I'm going to move out. I'm going to move on. I'm going forward with you. And you know what, beloved? We're not going to get a hold of of God if we're not going to be obedient to do what He's telling us to do. See, we want more of it, but in order to get more of it, we've got to obey. We've got to step out. Can you see that? We've got to do our part. How about this one? Have you been taught all of your life that the Holy Ghost and the evidence of speaking with other tongues is not for us today. It's not for the church today. You know, the only way I I know to get this across to people is to let God deal with people's hearts. Take them to the Word of God, show them that it's for us today, but then ultimately let God deal with these people's hearts. I'm just going to be a spokesperson and say today, you'll never fulfill all of what God wants you to do Apart from being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues. God's going to take the foolish things and confound the wise with them. 
Too often we say that these things are not necessary. But wait a minute. Jesus said, don't you even go off and think you're going to be my witness unless you get filled with the Holy Ghost. And when they got filled with the Holy Ghost, they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. And they said that it was not only for you, but to those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. God wants us to get out of that comfort zone. Break free from that religious tradition. Let those chains that hold us in bondage go and move out in, in God and rise to a higher plane of spirituality. A higher plane of spiritual power. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come on you. That power in the Greek is dunamis. 14.11 in your Strong's Concordance. Dunamis. Miracle working power. The ability of God. Why wouldn't anyone want to just ramble on in another tongue and have the power of God? That's beyond me. If he said you'll speak in new tongues, speak in new tongues. It's the power that's connected with it that we all want also. Praying in tongues is a means whereby we generate miracle working ability. But no, the theologians can come along and just... Show us a thousand and one reasons why it's not for us today. But you take the book to a foreign land. You show these people that are unlearned and untaught. And you know what? In Indonesia, these people were gathered together and that was preached. And these pastors were in their churches and they spoke the Indonesian language. But yet this one sat when one lady got filled with the Holy Ghost who did not know one lick of English. She started speaking out in perfect English. Praising God in English, not knowing a word she was saying. But you see, the pastor knew because he had been to school, so he knew some of it. He was just confounded. But yet we want to theorize everything. We want to, you know, come up with all of our reasons why it's not for today. But in a a place of simplicity, it's happening in people's lives everywhere. And there's a need for it, beloved. There's a need for it. And there's a need for it here. You know where we've been duped into thinking that because we've got so many things in America, we don't have a need for that kind of a gospel. But you know what? We have a need for that kind of a gospel. Because no matter how intelligent man gets, it's not enough to meet his needs. No matter what he develops, no matter what antibiotic he comes up with, Satan will always have another disease and create all kinds of more problems for people's lives. We need the simplicity of the Word and the supernatural at work in our lives in order for us to be successful in living out the full length of our days and fulfilling the plan that God has for our lives. He wants us to get gung-ho. He wants us to go forward. He wants us to rise up. He wants us to break loose from those chains that hold us and bind us and keep us fixed in our own comfort zones. And he wants to say, it's time to press on and move out. What about you've been told all of your life that God can't use you? You're not smart enough. You're not intelligent enough. You're not gifted enough. You're not talented enough. You don't have what it takes to really be a success in God. And the devil will bombard your mind with all these thoughts that will hold you. And fix you in your own little comfort zone because you know how timid you are, how unusable you are, and all that. You'll just sit back in a corner somewhere and just be satisfied with a few mercy drops out of heaven. 
You know what God has instructed me to tell you today? There are no unusable members in the body of Christ. Everybody has a gift. Everybody has a talent. Everybody has an ability. Everyone has something they can give to God. And if you will give of what little you have, He will multiply it. He multiplied the loaves. He multiplied the fishes. He'll take what you have and He'll multiply it to feed the multitudes. You see, all I have is compassion. You've got one of the most important ingredients that God uses to reach humanity. And God will take your heart of compassion. And God will fill you with a mouth of wisdom. The enemy will not gain sin nor resist. You'll speak words that will pierce hearts, change lives, if you'll just but give of what little you have. Break loose from those chains and say, I can do all things through Christ, who is my ability. I can teach a class. I can witness on the street. I can sing with a voice that will proclaim the good news. Whatever it is that God has gifted you with, use your ability to glorify His holy name. Has the devil told you that you're deficient and inadequate to do anything for God? This is your moment to break free and to rise up to a higher place. Don't stay where you're at. Don't be satisfied with where you're at. In some situations, it may be that God has spoken to your heart. It's time to rise up, step out, and move on. It may move out from this place. It may be go to a Bible school. It may be develop in the things of God more fully. I have a plan for you. It may be educate yourself along this line. Take yourself over and get some musical lessons. Whatever it is that God would have you to do. God has something for all of us. But it's time to rise up and say, I'm not inadequate in Jesus. I am not deficient in Jesus. He's my full supply. He is my sufficiency. And in Him I can do all things, praise God. He wants us to get a better focus on who we are in life and what we can do through His power and ability. He wants us to be usable. And He'll use us. Man, just give Him what little that you have. Speaking of multiplying, it was their custom in Indonesia that if... People went to your village and preached like a team would come. A team could be 10 or 20. What they would do is go visit the pastor and stay with the pastor and his wife. And on this one occasion, 20 of them went to this one village and stayed with the pastor. But when they saw them come, she knew, and this is how a woman thinks, she knew she didn't have enough to feed them. Now, the pastor could probably feed them the Word all day long. But we're talking about the practical side of it. Some food they needed. And of course, she felt inadequate. Inadequately prepared. And the devil will bombard your mind. You're not a good host. You're not a good hostess and all these different things. But the Lord is so good. He said to one of the workers, tell her she's got four tapioca roots in the cupboard. Make a cake or make a bread, loaf of bread out of it. You know what? She didn't even know she had them in there. And she went over to the cupboard, opened up the door, and she found four tapioca roots there. He said, the Lord told me to tell you to make them. Now imagine this. She made one loaf out of these four tapioca roots. 
and 20 of them sat down to eat. They were ravenous. I mean, we're talking about they would walk for miles, eat nothing, get there, and they're hungry. Now, what does this little woman have to offer? Four tapioca roots, and she made a loaf of bread. See, she has nothing. She was about to be humiliated. But then the Lord said, now, tell her to break it in half. After you set the plates, now 20 plates, imagine this, 20 plates set out. Tell her to break the loaf in half and fill the first plate with the left side of it, the half of that loaf. Put it on there. The whole thing. Can you imagine if you were number 20 in line? Half, 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 half. They'd be like the dog under the table to try to eat the crumb that would fall. And of course, the one who was the hungriest probably was the last. And so she did what the Lord said do. Took that loaf, broke it in half, took her left hand and set it on that plate. And when she set it on that plate, the loaf became a whole loaf again in her hand. Broke it in half again, put on the next plate, the loaf became a whole loaf in her hand. As she continued doing so, she began to weep before God because she realized a miracle is taking place right in my hand. Broke it again. It grew out. Broke it again. It grew out. Everyone had a half a loaf and there was a whole loaf left over. They were thirsty. She had only enough to make two cups of tea. Put in a pot. Boiled the water. Got the, our things ready. Got the water ready. Just a little bit of sugar and a little bit of tea. And that's all she had. And that was the end of it. And so the Lord said, give them all a the cup. They all had a cup. Made the tea. And the Lord said, don't just pour a little bit in each cup and divide it like that. He said, fill up the first cup. She filled up the first cup. She filled up the second cup. That's two cups. Filled up the third cup. Filled up the fourth cup. Went through all 20 cups and still had tea left over in the pot. You see what our mentality does to us? Do you see what our human reasoning does to us? And in some cases, even our intelligence. You think about this. Paul says, I'll give up my knowledge for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Christ knew how to walk on water. He knew how to multiply the loaves and the fishes. He knew how to raise the dead. I'll give up anything for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Can you see that? What is God saying to us? Saints of God, don't be satisfied. Get out of our comfort zones. Rise up. Meet the challenge and say, I want more of this supernatural God in my lives. Let's not depend on what man can do. Let's depend upon what God can do. Let's give Him our little bit and let Him multiply it and make it a lot. No matter what you have. Say it to Him. Father, i got one word to say to people. He'll multiply it. I found that to be true. I have found that to be true. You know, people oftentimes will see me up here and they'll say, you have no problem talking in front of people. Don't kid yourself. Only when I preach the gospel can I speak in front of people. That's the only time. That's it. I could never speak in front of a soul before. At all. Without coming unglued. But the moment I came and got baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, I couldn't shut up. I never had a problem with I don't know what to say. But what I'm saying is, what I did was, in that old milk crane of mine, I got on my knees before God and I dedicated myself and I said, Now, Lord, teach me your word. I'll teach your people faith. I'll do anything you want me to do. Put your words in my mouth. I didn't know Solomon prayed that way. 
But he did. I prayed that same way, not knowing that he did that. And God said, go. It's, you give God your little bit. He'll multiply to make it a lot. No matter what it is. That's why, you know, in, in our society today, we, we can't imagine this. We want to get ahead. You tell someone to get ahead, tithe. Wait a minute. Tithe means to give up what I have. 10% of it. And I very rarely preach on tithing and giving. I do mention it once in a while. Like times like this. You know why? I don't want... People have already said all kinds of crazy things. You can't go to that church unless you commit in blood to give 10% of your income. You walk through that door, they pinch you with a needle. Get the blood out. Sign your name right here. Sign on the dotted line. You've never heard me say such a preposterous thing. Ever. But you're going to hear me tell you this. You give your 10% to God, you better look out. He's going to open up the window gates of heaven. Give what little you have, He'll multiply it. He'll give you more. You'll have more to give, He'll give you more. And people say, I don't understand it. How can you be having that kind of a revival? You give God what you have, and God will give you a whole lot more. People want to have reality with God. That's why. That's how. And if you'll do it, God will meet you. Turn to John 8.31. Oh, hallelujah. John 8.31. Those who are followers of Christ will be those who will continue in the Word, whether it be written or whether it be vocalized by the Spirit of God or through angels. I believe that. Do you? John 8, 31 says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him, If you continue in My Word, if you continue in My Word, then are you My disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. True followers will continue in the Word spoken by the Spirit of God. They will take hold of the Word of God. They will pursue the Word of God. They will breathe the Word of God. They will proclaim the Word of God. They will eat the Word of God. They will sleep the Word of God. And they will be of the mindset that, you know what, God? I'm holding on to Your Word until You perform it or until I die. That is the mindset. That the child of God must have in order to move on to a higher level in God. Did you know that? That's the mindset that we must have. Father God, you take a hold of a word of God and don't find a thousand and one translations and then explain the whole thing away. You turn to Mark 16 and you say, Father, you said I'll cast out devils and therefore I believe your word. And whenever devils come against me, thoughts come against my mind. Or if I see somebody possessed with the devil, as far as I'm concerned, I will cast those devils out. They have no power over my life. You said I'll take up serpents. Practice on a cat. A kitty cat. Not a lion. Don't go off in the jungle. You didn't hear me tell you to do that. Right? And don't get a bunch of poisonous snakes. Bring them in your house and say I'm going to practice the Word of God. I didn't say that. Did I say that? But I can give you testimonies when there were those children who drank poisonous items. The parents got a hold of it. They knew it. And they said, we claim the Word of God. That poison will not hurt you and spare their child's life because they believe Mark 16 was not up for theological debate. 
They just believed that God meant what He said and said what He meant and said, glory to God, make it good. You know, God wants us to get bold that way. Make your word good in my life. That's what He said. Be like a Mary. Have a Mary attitude. Have a Mary mindset. You said I can get pregnant without knowing a man. Be it unto me according unto your word. People often ask us why we don't follow Mary more closely. I always say we do. We follow Mary closely than anybody else. She said in the Word of God, whatever He says to you, do it. Whatever Jesus says to you, do it. I'm following her words closely. Whatever Jesus said, do it. Can you see that? Be unto me according to thy word. She was also in the upper room, got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues. Can you see that? We can follow that kind of an example, can't we? God is speaking to our hearts in the same manner. But be bold enough to say, be it unto me according to your word. In other words, perform it and make it good, even though it doesn't register with my mentality. Even though my understanding falls short, be it unto me according unto thy word. Beloved, the people in Noah's day wanted cha- did not want change. They didn't want to hear what God was saying. Like others, they have chosen what is safe and they missed the miraculous. They chose to rebel against God because they wanted to stay in their comfort zone. God spoke to Noah. How many of you know that God didn't really want an ark for himself? God wasn't looking only to preserve a nation. He didn't want a nation to call his own. What God wanted was the hearts of human beings. He wanted communion. He wanted fellowship. He wanted a family, sons and daughters, those that would walk with Him, commune with Him, fellowship with Him, and talk with Him, and know Him intimately, like in the garden. That's what He wanted. He saw Noah, and Noah was obedient. Noah said, I'll leave my comfort zone. You tell me it's going to rain. You tell me there's going to be a flood. I believe you. I don't see one drop of rain. I will build. You know, this bird in our neighborhood reminds me of Noah. We have got a persistent, diligent little bird in our neighborhood. Every morning, I open up the door, I look out, and there is a half-built nest on the ledge. I get the broom and sweep it away. Two hours later... That little thing is up there. I have to... Every single day. I just keep looking at that thing. Wake up the next morning. All this straw all the way around. Wet leaves that are up there. I sweep the thing away again. Get rid of it. You know, you don't want it over there above your door where people are going in and out and all that. Because, you know, you have eggs up there and all that sort of thing. You might get one on the head. or you, and you never know what's going to happen. But you figure, I'm going to discourage this little bird. You can't discourage that little bird. It doesn't know enough. It doesn't know better. Persistent. Just keeps on building and building. I keep on taking away. He keeps on building, taking away, keep on building. See, that's how the enemy is to us. He wants to take away from the things of God, but we want the things of God to be added to our lives. We've got to be diligent like that little bird. 
We're going to be like Noah was. I'm building. It's not raining. It doesn't matter. I'm building. It's not raining. You're being mocked, ridiculed, laughed at. You think God can do all these things for you? You think there's going to be a flood? Oh, there's going to be an end of the world. People are laughing today. Jesus is never going to come back. I guarantee you, beloved, there's going to be a day when every eye is going to see Jesus come in those clouds of glory. And they're going to see Him set foot on the Mount of Olives. And they're not going to have time to build a boat. They're going to have time to build a bridge. It's time to get right with God right now. Get out of the comfort zone and say, I want more of God in my life. And move on. No matter where we're at, we can do it. Are you ready to pursue it? Thank you for listening to our Legacy Teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.